Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are in a series that we've called and we've entitled, You've Already Got It. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you already got it. So stop trying to get it. What are you talking about, Pastor Phil? Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 10. That's where we're going to be today. And, uh, you know, I believe it's possible to spend our whole lives as Christians chasing something that we already have. Just like a dog. Thank you, Angie. I appreciate that. I'll just take one. Just like a dog chasing its tail, we're believing oftentimes that God can do anything. But yet, we all, honestly, sometimes we don't even realize what he's already done. Can I hear a good amen today? And so, like a dog chasing its tail, we're chasing something that we already have. And this doesn't just happen with dogs. It happened with me, and today I'm going to bear some of my sins before you, my brother and sister. And, you know, uh, the other day I was like, couldn't find my keys. And uh, so I'm like looking all over the place. I'm searching, and I, hey, honey, I'm asking my wife. She's upstairs. Have you seen my keys? Looking around, you know, and because how many of you men actually think that when you're looking for something that your wife will take it and put it somewhere else just as a joke? Anybody else think that? Well, we are deceived. It's not, that's not what happens. But I'm like, honey, where's my keys? And she's like, love. She calls me love. Have you checked your own pockets? What? Check my own. Honey, I found my keys. Where were they? In my pocket. If you think that one's bad, I walked up to my wife one time and I said, honey, I cannot find my telephone. Where is my cell phone? And she looked at me like I had three heads. And she went like, and I said, "Uh oh, you know, maybe it fell in the toilet. I I I didn't know. But she looked at me and I said, where's my phone? And she's like, and then I realized I was on it. I was actually talking to somebody. That, that's really bad. Like, you know, that's like really bad. But here's the point. I'm searching and looking for something that I already had. And you know what happens? It's frustrating because number one, you feel like you're at a loss. You actually feel, right, like you can't get where, to where you need to go because you're missing something. And what happens for a lot of believers is that very scenario in their whole life. We can spend our whole life looking for things that God has already given us. And so that's what this series is about. And in the book of Ephesians, which has been our theme scripture, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, Paul, he wrote this because this was his prayer for the people and the believers in Ephesus. He wasn't praying that God would give them something. He was praying that God would reveal to them what they already had. Ephesians chapter one, verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some spiritual blessing. What does it say? In Spanish, we say todo, man, todo. That's, that's what it is. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So I want us to understand that God has already blessed us. My church family, this is already in the past. He has already given it to you. But you've got to realize that you've already got it. 
And so I just want to encourage you, if today's your first day at church or in this series, go back and go to part one and part two, because I'm telling you, I've already had people tell me, this is my favorite series. I love it. I'm realizing some things in my life. And so that's what this is all about. And today in part three, I've entitled it this, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. You know, some people, when they hear the scripture that I just read and what God has done, they kind of, they just hit a wall. And they hit a wall because they know what the word of God says, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. There's peace, there's joy, all of those things. But they look at themselves and they go, well, you know, I don't look blessed. I, 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 don't, I don't feel blessed. I don't feel healed, Pastor Phil. And so what happens is they're like, I, I honestly, it doesn't seem like I have any power or any anointing. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. In God's intention, his intentions is this, these material, that these blessings materialize and are manifested in your life every day. And I believe that today is really going to help me help you. Let me set up 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 10. Have you found it? And so here's what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 10. I think it's going to help us today. It's going to illustrate what we're talking about today. The king of Syria was warring against the children of Israel. He wanted to destroy God's army, the king of Syria. And so what he did is every time he put a plot together to destroy God's army, they weren't there. Or they would set up an ambush against the the king of Syria because they would know that he was coming. So the king of Syria was really, really upset. He thought there was actually a mole within their ranks that was telling the children of Israel. He's like, hey, you know, how, how are they always knowing my attacks. And so this is where this picks up. Second Kings chapter six, verse 10. Are you glad you came to church today? Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, there's a mole here. How are they finding out our battle plans? Verse 12. And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Oh, God is so good. God is revealing plans, the enemy's plans to his people. And here the king of Syria is talking about his plans in closed chambers. And he thinks nobody's listening. But how many of you know God is always listening? God loves his people. And as we sang today, if God before you, who can be against you? I love this. And he says, so one of his servants says, none, my Lord, but Elisha, the one who is the king and uh, is who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, go and see where he is that I might send him and get him. And it was told saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent words and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And then when the servant of the man of God rose early, he went up. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. I want to read that again. Do not fear for those that are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray 
open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike these people. I pray with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Bow your heads real quick and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your spirit. Father, I pray that right now you would speak to us not only by your word, but by the power of your spirit. Inspire us today. Father, encourage us within. Lord, bring revelation knowledge, not just information, but revelation to us today. And I thank you that your people and we are good ground in Jesus' name. And everybody said? That wasn't everybody. Everybody said? I love this story because this servant of Elisha wakes up one morning. It's probably not the morning that he wanted to see. And he wakes up and he looks around. And the Bible says the whole city was surrounded by a great army. So he wakes up and all of a sudden he's under attack. I don't know if you've ever had a morning like that where you woke up and you didn't think the day was going to go a certain way because you didn't really think about it. But then you found out you were under attack. What do I mean by that? You received a diagnosis or maybe you went to the doctor and something and things just didn't go your way and you were under attack. And so what happens is he wakes up, he's under attack and he's really afraid. And I want to break this down today because what Elisha is seeing with his physical eyes is a massive army. So he's afraid. And let me just say this, my church family, faith never denies. It's not a denier. So when he saw the army, it was a physical fact that there was an army surrounding him. And so, but here's what I want to tell you in this series. You've already got it. What the, the servant didn't see was what God had already provided. See, God had already provided angels that were all encamped around him, but he couldn't see it. So he already had it, but he couldn't see it. He already had the protection, but he couldn't see it. Let me say this. He already had the provision, but he couldn't see it. And you can't take a hold of what you can't see. Oh, I'm preaching good. I'm even sweating a little bit. Come on, you're making me work. So if we're going to experience what God has done. Here's one of the things, and I think this is where people run into a wall. You have to realize this. We must realize spiritual truths and physical facts don't always agree. They don't always agree. Listen, for some people, not the people listening to this message, but for some people, they don't understand that there's more to life than what you see, hear, taste, smell, and touch. And for some people... They simply, they just simply, they, they believe there's no reality beyond, beyond the physical realm. They just believe there's no reality beyond the physical realm. But here's the truth. When you ask Jesus to come inside your heart, watch this. He comes inside your spirit. He comes inside your spirit. Second Corinthians chapter five or 17 says, if any man be in Christ, how many of you are in Christ today? If any man be in Christ, you are a new creature. All the old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Pastor Phil, I'm still struggling with old things. That's because we have not renewed our mind to realize that the old things are already passed away. You're struggling with something that God has already taken care of, but you don't see it. That's well, because I don't feel that way. But my church family, 
there is a realm called the spirit realm that is a real realm. You know what the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says this, so fix your eyes not on what is seen. Fix your eyes not what is seen, but watch this. Since what is seen is temporal, what is unseen is eternal. That's the spiritual realm. Spirit is eternal. It's eternal. So my church family, even my body is temporary. Come on. I know some of you are Botoxing. Come on, somebody, and detoxing because we have a temple, right? We want to keep it good, right? Not everybody can look as good as my friend Mark over here. I'm trying to. But you know what? I'm glad that we're trying to keep our temple good. But the reality of it is this temple is going to fade away because it's only temporary, but your spirit is going to live on forever. So where are you going to invest in something that is in temporary or something that is eternal? Most people don't invest in the eternal. They invest in the temporary. There's a whole spirit realm, but that spirit realm doesn't always align with the physical realm. But let me just tell you what God's will is. God's will is, remember what Jesus prayed? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So what he wants on earth is for heaven to come to earth, for those two realms to come together. And he says, you have a part to pray, to play. If you will pray that, there can be a reality of heaven on earth. Man. So God's will is that these two realms, that the spiritual realm, spiritual realm intersect the physical realm. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? And so when you became born again, it didn't happen in your body, it happened in your spirit. That's why we have to renew our mind, right? And so it's a very spiritual thing. I call it, it's a spiritual truth. It's a spiritual truth that when Jesus came inside your heart, all things have, old things have passed away. But here's the reality. How do we know about the spiritual realm? Well, we know about the spiritual realm through God's word. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's God's word that is the only reliable, accurate representation of the spirit world. I want to say that again. And how do we know that? Because Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. I know this is going to be a little bit deeper this morning, but we're going to go deep. Because we need to. We need to penetrate this and we need to break through this wall today. God's word is the only reliable and accurate representation of the spirit world. That's why when anybody comes to me and says, oh, God is doing this in the spirit. Here's what I want to know. Does it line up with his word? Because if it doesn't line up with his word, it's not something that his spirit is a part of because they are the same. So if I want to learn more about the spirit realm, I have to learn from his word because his word, his word is not just life. His word is spirit and life. So can I tell you another spiritual truth? Another spiritual truth is this. Not only did old things pass away in, my, in our spirit, but the Bible says Jesus himself became my righteousness. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30. But of him, you are in Christ. Come on, say that with me, so I am in Christ. I, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom. You have wisdom. We have wisdom. Now, do we always apply it? Do we always press into wisdom? No, sometimes we think our wisdom is better than God's wisdom. So we don't press in. But he says, we also have wisdom. The Bible also actually says that if you lack wisdom, just ask for it. God loves to give wisdom, but not only is he our wisdom, listen to this. It says, but of him, you are in Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. 
So Jesus Christ is my righteousness. Thank God that when God looks at me, he doesn't look at me in my, in my, old, in my own righteousness. Because the Bible says in the Old Testament, that was as filthy rags. But guess what? Because of what Jesus did in my spirit, when God looks at me, he sees the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Can you give him a good round of applause? Say it's in my spirit. And my church family, within your born-again spirit, everything that is true of Jesus is true of your born-again spirit. See, I already got it. The Bible is talking about your spirit. Can I give you another spiritual truth? And we, we got it. We got to get this inside of us because we already have it. We just don't see it. Here's another spiritual truth about your position and where you sit, where God has seat. You know, God has a reserved seat for you. I love greeting sometimes because I'll greet and people walk in and they're kind of looking. I'll say, you know, right here at church, I'll say, do you want the smoking section or the non-smoking section? And they kind of just, just laugh, but it's a little fun. But you know, God has a reserved seat for you as a child of God. He says this, Ephesians chapter two, verse six, and he has raised us up together and made us all sit together where? In heavenly places. This is spirit. Pastor Phil, this is so confusing. I'm here sitting at Passion Life Church. How can I be sitting, right, in heavenly places? Because this is your spiritual position with Christ. Now, here's the, the question. You are seated with Christ. Watch this. But where is Christ seated? Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Somebody told me this. Hey, Phil, when you preach, you use a lot, a lot of scriptures. I said, I understand. Because not only is this good, but it's true. When people say it's too good to be true, no, this is good and true. And so I want you to know that I'm just not here like Hans and Franz trying to pump you up. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to show you what you already have. Let me try this side. I'm here to show you what you already have. And if you don't believe me, that's fine, but believe the word. That's why we got this big ginormous screen so you can like see it and you can see what you already have. But the question becomes, we are seated in heavenly places, but where is Christ seated? Look at this, Ephesians chapter one, verse 20. It says, Christ, when he raised him from the dead. So Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, look, here's where he's seated, verse 21, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every named that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Listen to this, my church family. Christ, is he seated at the same level as the enemy? Then why do we act like he is? Is he seated? No. And the Bible says he's not even seated above. The Bible says he's seated far above every single principality and power. My church family, if Christ is seated above every principality and power, far above, you are seated there too. So why do we struggle so much with an enemy that's already defeated? Because we don't know what we already have and we don't know where we're supposed to sit. And so the Bible says this, that you are seated far above. You know, I looked up that word above in the Greek. I love looking up words. That word above means this, above in rank, listen, and in power, in rank and in power. There is not a devil in hell that is more powerful than a believer than, that knows where he sits and knows what he already has. But if you can't see it, you will be defeated. And I, I'll tell you what, to me, it's a tragedy to be defeated by a defeated enemy. 
I hate when our team, the Steelers, play a losing team and we lose to a losing team. What does that mean? We're losers. How are you seated in heaven above every principality and power walking around defeated? Because you don't know where you sit and you don't know that you already have. You're trying to gain victory when you already have it. Come on. God's word is good this morning. So watch this. Like a dog chasing its tail, some of us are chasing victory. You don't have to chase victory. Jesus already won it. He already won it. So I don't have to do that. The enemy's already defeated. So this is what's happening with Elisha, his servant, Elisha's servant. He gets up and with his physical eyes, he's surrounded by an enemy, but he doesn't really understand what God has already done. He's already provided. And what he also doesn't understand is that enemy is going to be defeated anyway, because God is more powerful. But here's the reality. He's not seeing with his spiritual eyes. He's seeing with his physical eyes. This is why Elisha has to walk out and say, fear not. My church family, here's number two. Fear always reveals your focus. Always. If you look at a fearful person, I'm telling you, they're always focused on the wrong thing. Always. And you know what happens? Elisha's servant, he's actually forming his belief system based on what he sees in the natural. So in the natural, it doesn't look good. In the natural, he looks way outnumbered. Do you remember the, the disciples? They, Jesus said, we are going to the other side. They get in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. How many of you, Jesus is in the boat of your life? You know that. And a storm comes and they get so afraid. And here's the reality, right? The reality it is, why are they afraid? They are afraid because they are looking at the sea instead of looking at the one who created the sea who's in their boat. My church family, breaking news, Jesus isn't drowning. And if he's in your boat, you're not either. But why? What happened? Where did the fear arise from? Looking at the storm instead of the Savior. Because fear always reveals focus. It always reveals focus. So the prophet comes out and he has to say, look, fear not. Fear not. Now, here's my question. How can Elisha make such a bold statement to his servant and say this? Fear not. Those that are for us are more than those against us. I can just see Elisha's servant going, Elisha, I thought you were crazy, but now I know you're crazy. That's not what it looks like. And so guess what Elijah has to do? He has to pray. Watch, it's the same prayer that Paul would pray in the New Testament for the Ephesians. Lord, open up their eyes so they can see, so they can see so they can see. So Elisha, he knew all those spiritual truths and physical facts don't always agree. If I will act on spiritual truths, they will override physical facts. I'm going to say that again, because this is what Elisha knew. Although spiritual truths and physical facts don't always agree. If I will act on the spiritual truth, it will override the physical fact. Here's my church. Listen, listen, everybody look at me today. The servant, Elisha's servant looks and he sees an army 
and it's surrounding the city. Was he wrong? No, he was right. There was an army. It wasn't fantasy. But you know what? Elisha knew, based on what David wrote in the Old Testament in Psalm 91, the Bible says that he will give his angels charge over us. This is what Elisha knew. Elisha knew that there were more that were for us than against us. Guess what? Elisha was right too. They're both right. But it's going to be who's going to believe and see. And here's the reality. Elisha didn't have to see. He just believed. He knew what God's word said. You know, the Bible doesn't say that Elisha's eyes were open. It says the servant's eyes were open. What are you saying, Pastor Phil? Elisha knew the scriptures. Elisha knew what David wrote. And so God's word allowed Elisha to know spiritually that there would be a victory despite what he saw physically. He already knew. He believed and he didn't have to see. He believed. Listen, watch this. One guy's freaking out. Elisha walks up. He already knew who who was for him. He already knew that because God was for him, nobody, not even an army surrounding the city. My church family, can I just tell you, you and God are a majority. I'm going to say it again. You and God are a majority. But why, 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 do we, why don't we live like this? Because we don't know what we already have. If you knew the angels that walked with you every time that you went into 7-Eleven, every time, wherever you went, you wouldn't be afraid. And they're there, my church family. They're there. And so Elisha prayed, Lord, open the eyes of his heart. In other words, let him see spirit, what's happening in the spirit. My church family, see, with your eyes that are open in your spirit, watch you see now what God sees. Not just what you see, but you see now what God sees. That's why in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter two, verse 29, it says, it says this, it says, he that has an ear, let him hear. Is he talking about these ears? There's a lot of people who have ears, physical ears, but they're not hearing. He's saying this with your heart and your spirit. He says, he that has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying. And so here's what I want to know. In my life, I want to be in line with what the Spirit is seeing, with what the Spirit is saying, not what I'm hearing on the news, not what I'm hearing from family members or people or even people that don't like me. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. Are you getting something this morning? My church family, seeing with the wrong eyes always results in fear. I want to say that again. Seeing with the wrong eyes always results in fear. Fear always reveals your focus. Always. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, I don't know if we're going to make it this month. I don't know. Well, what are you focused on? Not enough? If you focus on not enough, guess what you're going to have? Not enough. But if you will focus on the God who is more than enough and that the provision has already been made, man, that's a total different outcome. Come on, somebody, this morning. So people will say, well, you know, Pastor Phil, if I see it, I will believe it. Well, then you don't need faith. 
Faith believes even before it sees. That's why Jesus told Thomas, remember he told Thomas, he said, blessed are, are those that believe even though they don't see. Why? Because if you have to see it to believe it, you may never get it. Because the barrier is always what has to be there. Well, the angels were there. I want to see it. I want to see it. But let's just be honest. It's so easy to believe once you see it. But my church family, that doesn't take faith. And here's the last one for today. See, God set it up that number three, faith would be the bridge between the spirit realm and the physical realm. Faith is that bridge. Philemon chapter one, verse six says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual, begin to work by the acknowledging. That's what we're doing today. What are we doing? We're acknowledging what God has already done, who he is, what he's already given us. Watch, become by the acknowledging of every good thing. Today we've been talking about the good things that God has already done, which is already in you in Christ Jesus. So faith, by faith, we have to acknowledge that this is done even though we didn't see it. Here's what's crazy about this story, but I think it's indicative of what we've been talking about in this series. My church family, listen to this. Elisha didn't even have to fight. With a whole city full of horses and chariots, Elisha didn't even have to use any physical weapon. He didn't even have to fight. All he did was make a declaration. God smit my enemy with blindness. That's all he did. Why did he do that? Because he knew what he already had. He knew who he was with. He knew that God was for him. Listen, everybody look at me today. One man, my church family, one man by the name of Elisha took on an entire Syrian army because he believed the power that was available in the spirit realm. Is this too deep for you this morning? You and God are a majority. And let me just tell you, you have the ability to see the unseen. Your spirit. And so if we're going to act like Elisha, let me tell you what Elisha did. And this is, this is the challenge for us. Elisha, he spoke and he acted according to what he believed spiritually, not what he saw physically. I want to say that again. What did Elisha do? How did he get the victory? He acted and he believed and he talked based on what he believed spiritually, not what he saw physically. In my church family, in the spirit, you're already healed. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. He's commanded his blessing upon you. He's given you joy. He's given you peace. He's given you love. And I got to tell you, all of those things and so much more in abundance in your born again spirit. Watch this. But before you see it on the outside, you got to know that you have it on the inside. You know, I'm going to close here. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. So some people say, Pastor Phil, this is just a little too crazy. You know, I gotta 
what is God like? God knew that we would want to see it. So there's what he did. Jesus was closed in flesh and he came to the earth to die. So if you want to see what God would do, want to know what God would do, you can see what Jesus did and you can read about it. But you know, my heart breaks because there were people, even though Jesus was clothed in flesh, they still didn't believe. And this is always a faith issue, my church family. And so believing is so simple. It's flipping the switch to say, yes, I believe. Yes. And so here's what God does. He leaves the switch within your power to turn on and say, yes, I believe, or I don't. I want to close with this. If I called the electrical company and said, hey, I'm having life group this Tuesday. Can you turn on the power in my living room? Can you turn the light on in my living room? They would say, no, we will not. Flip the switch, right? It's within my power to flip the switch. But listen, just because the life the, the light is, is not on does not mean that the power is not being transmitted. It means that there's something, an issue with the switch. So if you're going to live in the spirit and it's going to translate into the physical by faith, you're going to have to flip that switch because my church family, you already got it. And if you'll believe it, you'll see these spiritual truths override physical facts in your own life. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on. Can you give the Lord a good round of applause? Would you stand today as we close? Man, God is good. God is good. Peter wrote that we've been given everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Would you close your eyes for for just a moment? Father, I want to pray today like Paul prayed. Father, today I want to pray like Elisha prayed for your people. Open our eyes, Lord, to see beyond the physical. Open our eyes today to see beyond the depression, to see beyond the hurt, to see beyond the circumstance. Open our eyes today to see who we really are in you, God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Breakthrough is here. It's already happened in our life. Lord, we step into that today. We step into that today. We thank you, Lord. Healing is already here. And so today we begin to speak and we begin to act according to the spiritual truth, not just how we feel all the time, not just from what we hear from the doctor, but we begin to take a step because faith is the bridge. We thank you, Father. That in our lives, spiritual truths can overcome physical facts. Yes, it's a fact. We've been diagnosed. Yes, it's a fact that we feel that. But there's a greater truth. And knowing the truth sets us free, 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 free. Free, 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 freedom. And Jesus said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, say that with me. Say freedom. 
Freedom in the name of Jesus. I'm free from sickness and disease. Come on, I'm free from depression. Come on, I am free from lack and want. I am free in the name of Jesus. I am breakthrough. Come on, if there's some things right now in your life that you know you need freedom from, just declare it over your life. It's already there. The power is already there. It's already there. Come on, free in our minds, free to have a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Free, Lord. We thank you that you set us free. Lord, we thank you for your power. Listen, I feel God's power in this room right now. Some of you are flipping that switch right now. You're starting, you're getting it. You're getting it. You're getting, you're getting what you already got. You're understanding it. You're getting it. Come on, just say that. I am free in Jesus' name. For some of you that have anger issues, you say, I am free. Anger will not have a hold over me. There's more power in me than the anger that's coming against me. God is for us today. Thank you, Father God. Lack and poverty will not overtake us. We are well supplied for by the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing. We thank you, Lord God. Freedom in every area of our life. Sickness cannot stay in our bodies in the name of Jesus. Free. We are free people. We are healed people. Come on, say that. I am the healed of the Lord. Come on. Some of you need to start saying, I have joy. Come on. I have joy. I have peace. I have it. It's already here. I can be patient. I can walk as God has asked me to walk. I can be the person that God wants me to be. It's already in me in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Come on, just lift your hands and thank him. Thank him right now for his power. Thank you for his freedom. Thank you. Thank him for his peace. It's all here. It's all here. It's right here. It's been given to you. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Come on, you're worthy. You're not worthy because of you. You're worthy because Jesus is your righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Receive it. Faith is a receiver. Receive what you need. Come on, draw from that water. Draw from it today. Come on, church. Come on. Come on, church. Draw from that. It's, it's everlasting. It never, never runs dry. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. It's life-changing. I'm believing you're never going to be the same after today's service, after today's word. You're never going to be the same. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank him in advance. Come on. I feel the Holy Spirit tell me to tell you this. Thank him in advance right now for the wisdom that you need, that the answers, solutions have been provided before you had the problem. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Show us. We, we, we don't want to rely on our own wisdom and just our physical and our intellect. Show us, God. Show us today. Thank you. You are our wisdom. We're not alone. We're not going at this alone. We thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, Father. Deliverance is here. Healing is here. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just continue to receive that. You know, today as we close out today's service, I never, never, never take for granted that everybody in this room is saved and everybody in this room is a child of God. Because what we're talking about today is we're talking about Jesus coming inside your heart. And so what we're doing today is that we're renewing our mind. So our mind, I said in one of our series that your soul has to cast the right vote. But today we are agreeing with God and what he's already done. We are agreeing with him today. And so today, if you know 
and you're watching online today and you know you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart. You can't change the outward behavior without changing your inward heart. And this is what God does. Jesus came and he took on flesh and he died on the cross for you. That was supposed to be us on that cross because of our sin. But you know what? He did it for us. And that's where I put my faith. And so today I want to say a prayer. If you're watching online or you're here, I want you to repeat after me if it, you know it's time to get your life right with God. For some of you, it's, this needs to be a recommitment. You need to start committing to the things of God. You need to start committing to being who God has called you to be. You need to start coming to church more. You need to you start, you say, Pastor Phil, if we already got it, why do we come to church? We come to church because the Bible says when we come together, we encourage each other, right? And so if I've already got it, I wanna give what I got to people who maybe don't know what they've got. So we come together, we hear his word, we get encouraged. But today, if you're here and you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, salvation is a free gift. Redemption is a free gift if you'll receive it by faith today. Faith is the bridge every head bowed and every eye closed. If you've never said this prayer, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, I'd like for you to repeat it after me. You know, Passion Life Church, will you say this prayer with me too? So if there's some people in this room that maybe they're the only ones, they're not, they're not praying this by themselves. Repeat after me. Would you say this? Say it with faith. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, Forgive me of all of my sin. Today I repent. I look towards you. Come inside my heart. Make all the old things pass away. And I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Passion Life Church, come on, let's give a great round of applause to everybody who prayed that prayer. I want to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go here in a minute. You know, oftentimes the things we're struggling with is because we focus our minds on the things that we feel like we lost, like we don't have. It's just like me looking for my keys. If you will focus on what you already have, what God has already given you, it changes the game, my church family. It changes the game. And here's our goal at Passion Life Church. I want to raise up a church of people who know who they are, can walk in the power of God, because that's what the world needs. They don't need people, and this may not be the church for you, they don't need people who just come to church and check the box. That's probably not, this is probably not the place for you. Because we want to have real impact. We want to see real life transformation in people's lives. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm just letting you know. I want, I want you to be walking in peace. I want you to be the guy that when, they, when you're walking to work, they're like, hey, what's going on, man? Are you, are you doing some of that CBD stuff? No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's, not, it's, not, not, it, it's, it's not even that type of high. It's the most high. That's what it is. It's, it's the most high. And I can hook you up. How much is it? Oh, it's free. Come on. We got to be hope dealers. Come on, somebody. You got to be a hope dealer. But you can't give, you can't give what you don't know you have. And I want you to know you have it. Because that's the type of church that Passion Life Church is going to be. You're going to walk in the power 
and the anointing of God. Teenagers, kids, everybody. And we're going to see a world transformed. I said, we're going to see a world transformed. Amen. Come on, give him one more good round of applause. We're going to continue this series next week. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.